This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Well, let's get it started. You ever listen to this show and listen in frustration and think, why is Frank talking about this instead of talking about that? Do you ever sit and think, boy, I'd really love to know Frank's opinion of X? Or I'd really love to know how Frank came to the conclusion of Y? Or I'd love to know what's going on with Z? If you've ever wondered any of those things, this is your hour. This hour is for you. Unlike the other 19 hours of the week where I control all that you hear, this hour is all yours as we embark on... The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank... Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Whatever you have questions about, now's the time to ask them. Uh, if you have questions about Atlantic City, baseball, cocktails, uh, the radio business, the internet, the international political scene, my personal history, if you have hypothetical questions, whatever the case may be, Now's the time to ask. All you have to do is dial 800-848-9222. Any subject is fair game. The only thing that we ask is that you put your question in the form of a question. Questions are words that begin with what, where, who, does, how, are. Those are all examples of interrogative statements. And uh, to whomever comes up with the best question today, as judged by our illustrious staff of Elias Tony and uh, Corrales, we will give you not only something from the other side of Midnight Online store, but the next party that I throw in my social group, which is probably going to be a ping pong tournament in the spring, uh, I will invite you to it. So if you play ping pong, you can play in the tournament. If not, you can just come and hang out. There's drinks, there'll be, there'll be food, and it'll be fun. So, um, you know, can't invite everybody, wish I could, but whoever comes up with the best question, as judged by our staff here... We will, um, we will get to, we will give you an invite to that. All right. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Let me begin with uh, Peter in Harlem. Hi, Peter. Yes, hello, Frank. I have a question for you. I get around a bit, and I've gotten interviews with people, and I noticed that in some communities, the elders inform the youth of the struggles that they went through in order to receive prominence in today's world. But so many cultures don't inform the kids. Is that a disadvantage or not? Not to inform the child that, say, in the early days of immigration. Oh, I, I mean, I think uh, absolutely the the. Oh, I'm just going to disconnect you here, Peter, because it sounds like you're being arrested. I think the older generations should absolutely uh, inform their progeny of exactly what they went through, especially if they're tough times. Because how often do you see that? where you see these stories of people that really struggled to build a success story and then their children or their grandchildren are, and I don't mean to sound pejorative in saying this, they're born with essentially a silver spoon in their mouth. They have no idea what it was like uh, to struggle, um, not just in poverty, but <clears throat> in coming to the country uh, you know, in the, to begin with. I wish my grandfather, who was an Italian immigrant, had told me more stories 
about his decision to immigrate to America and had told me what that decision was like and what the what he had gone through, I, I would love to have heard more about it. And I wish I would have recorded some. 800-848-9222. Nick is in Virginia. Nick, they say Virginia is lovers. Is that true in your experience? It's for lovers, uh, I should say. I'm too old for that. Now I'm 72. Ah, anyway, okay. well. <laughs> do you think, um, Frank, do you think that Central Park will be a, a migrant tent camp this summer? I don't, uh, because the people that uh, pay the bills for uh, Central Park, namely the Central Park Conservancy, they would never stand for that, right? And so everyone is all for, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are all for welcoming migrants, welcoming migrants, paying the bills for migrants until it interferes with something they like. And unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the people that uh, fund the Central Park Conservancy are remarkably well-to-do and remarkably influential in this city. And there is no chance whatsoever that they are going to turn Central Park over to the migrants. Take it to the bank. Mark my words. Guarantee it. 800-848-9222. Joe is in the Queens. Hi, Joe. Yeah, hi, Frank. I have three parts to my question. Okay. I could see you being a tourist guide to people that came to New York and wanted to know where to have brunch, what what the hotspot could be. What else could you potentially be a tourist guide for? What would your wife potentially be a tourist guide for? And what would Curtis potentially be a tourist guide for? Well, Curtis used to do a tour. He used to call it the uh, underbelly tour. He would show basically hot spots where crime occurs and things like that. And I think that would really be his specialty is to show different parts of, uh, of crime. I would love to be a tour guide and take people on a guided tour of New York's best dive bars and, and old school restaurants. But I think the dive bars would be a lot of fun and we could hit a whole bunch. I think as far as my wife goes, I think she would be a great tour guide for New York City's various cat colonies because she has a lot of experience taking care of cats in multiple boroughs and in multiple counties. 800-848-9222. Josh is in Rockland. What's your question, Josh? Great show. Thank you. I have a part question. Um, Is there any vitamin or food that you avoided or added to your diet that made a big difference in your life? And have you ever heard of natokinus? I have not heard of that. You know, the only the only food that I can um, think of, uh, you know, well, there's two. I'll answer. Uh, I'll answer two that come to mind in terms of food. Um, you know, when I was dealing with with heartburn, I gave up all the foods that uh, tend to give you heartburn, and it went away almost instantly. So uh, all those foods, anything acidic, uh, citrus, coffee sauce, any fried foods, um, that sort of thing. And it went away right away. So that I noticed a really immediate effect. You know, when I was younger, namely in high school, I um, I used to get into a lot more fights. I used to be I used to have much more of a heated temper, and I pretty much and I gave up meat, and I really have have largely stuck with that. And I found that I was much calmer, and I did not um, get fly off the handle and get into arguments all the time or fights. You know, as soon pretty much as soon as I gave up meat. Now I don't know if there's a correlation there, but I, I think that there there might be. As far as vitamins and supplements, I take. So so many. I don't know what makes a, a difference. The one that I see makes a, the most immediate difference, you know, meaning 
I notice the, the boost an hour or two later is vitamin B12. When I take a, an extra strength vitamin B12, and I'm talking a 3,000 milligram dosage, which is 9,000 times more than you need, I feel like the guy in Limitless after he took that pill. I am ready to take on the world. Ask me any question. Give me any feat to do. I'm loaded with energy. And, you know, I, I, I think I find that's the, the one that I see the most immediate uh, effect on. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Pete in Piscataway. It's that away. What's your question, Pete? Hi, Frank. Uh, can't please it's been a year since William Shatner and I. Do you still uh, talk to him once in a while? Uh, not really. No, not really. I mean, in part, though, it's just because he's so busy. I, I um, you know, we'll exchange an email uh, or text message once in a while. But every day, you know, his schedule and my schedule, for that matter, I'm not comparing mine to his, but but his schedule is so packed that even to um, squeeze in, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to spend time with his grandchildren, he has to have it scheduled. The guy is the busiest 92-year-old in the world. Uh, I, you know, we're we're mildly in touch, uh, but uh, we don't chat or or hang out or anything like that. Uh, when his uh, documentary comes out in March, I'm told he's going to come back on the program to promote it. So uh, I think we're on good terms. But no, we don't keep in touch. But you know, uh, Bill doesn't really have that many friends. You know, I'm hoping for one of those invites for his uh, Monday night football parties that he. Has has at his house, but so far that has not been forthcoming. Really, one of the few friends he really seemed to have was Leonard Nimoy, and unfortunately, uh, Nimoy passed away. And before Nimoy passed away, he and um, he and Bill had a little bit of a falling out, which is a real shame. But uh, you need to see Shatner's schedule between travel and events. There's not a day that goes by that is empty on the calendar for him. Every single day. I mean, I look at his schedule, and it's exhausting. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Jimmy is in Bayside. What's your question, Jimmy? Your system in Atlantic City. How do you win all the time in a crap table? Well, I don't win all the time in the crap, the crap table. I wish I, I wish I did. The key, uh, if I have a system, which I don't recommend, the key for me, Jimmy, is you have to have enough cash to ride through the peaks and valleys because eventually the table you're at is going to heat up, all right? So you want to, if you start off cold, if the table starts off cold, you want to have enough money to be able to bet the way you want to bet and then uh, ride that out until the table heats up. And then hopefully that streak lasts for a while. And the way I bet, which is a, a way that I really don't recommend because it's very high risk, the way I bet is so um, it's so prone to streakiness, and then I always I, here's the key with gambling in general is you have to have numbers, right? You have to decide once I've won two thousand, I'm walking away. Once I've won twenty five hundred, I'm walking away, because I can't tell you how tempting it is to think that the good times never end. So you think, oh, I've won two thousand. This is just going to keep going, and then it goes south quickly. So what I do is two things. When I'm on a hot streak, I will give my wife, if she's with me, whatever amount of cash that I started with. And I will give her all my chips that I started with. I say, don't give me this back. This way, whatever happens, we're ahead of the game. If I walk out of there with a dollar, we're ahead, right? 
But uh, what I do in terms of the craps table, and again, I can't stress enough that I win maybe 55% of the time, which is not that, that much. So what I do is not a strategy that I recommend, but I'll tell you what it is anyway. I play the pass line with max odds in the back once the point's established, and then I'll place a combat, okay? Then that combat, I will play max odds on the combat. Then I'll place another combat and play max odds on that combat. So if it goes south, and then I just keep doing that until I'm on all the numbers, there is not a craps book in the world that will recommend this system. However, if you're at a table that's hot, you win a lot of money very quickly. And then once you start winning, I will then place hard way bets and all these other bets. Now, different people have different methods. They'll say you should place the, you know, play the pass line with max odds and then place one come bet. Other people do the um, what they call the iron cross, which is just lay the six and the or just bet the six and the eight and then bet in the field. So you're almost on everything. My my strategy leads to overexposure and it leads to losing a lot of money quickly if it's a cold table. But my strategy is to play the pass line with max odds and always bet on the come and play max odds on the come. That's why you need the bankroll to do it. And what I like to do is, you know, because craps is my favorite game, but Baccarat is the game that I tend to win the most money on. I go and play Baccarat until I've won, until I win, you know, a grand or two, and then I'll use my Baccarat winnings to then fund my craps play. Right, so that's how it goes in a perfect, perfect world. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Stanley is in California. Hi, Stanley. Hey, I'm doing great, and I listen to you guys every night. I also you. listen to Dominic. You're wonderful. So my question is, why don't you interview Jeffrey Lichtman more? He did mention, he did give you a shout-out. He was on another radio station. That radio station dropped him. Very controversial, but I love what he has to say, especially on the Middle East and Iran. He has some... Well, yeah, um, I mean, Jeffrey comes on regularly. So why don't you have him on more? Well, uh, the hours are tough for him. You know, he's got a whole law practice. So um, I actually was hoping to get him on today, but uh, but he didn't get back to me. He was busy with something. But um, hopefully soon, you know, he, he can come on as often as he'd like. Uh, the hours are, are tough for him. So um, uh, sometime, I'm hoping to, at least maybe next week we can do something because uh, I would... Uh, he's certainly... He's controversial, says a lot of things that people may disagree with, but he certainly, I think very compelling to listen to on the radio. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your questions straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. 
great Dolly Parton working nine to five, the godmother of Miley Cyrus, believe it or not. Uh, This is a birthday bumper music request from uh, Danielle Johnson, Danielle Johnson Hoffman, technically. Uh, It's her birthday today. She narrowly missed being listener of the week two weeks in a row, so she's having a rough time, but uh, it is her birthday, so hopefully all of her birthday wishes come true. All right, uh, we are doing... The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Let's say hello to Frankie in Brooklyn. Hello, Frankie. Yeah, Frank, how are you? I want, I want to ask you, what is one of your greatest Western movies and what is one of your greatest war movies? Oh, so th- that's a very challenging question because those are two, <laughs> two genres that I really, really enjoy. Um, let me answer w- uh, Western first. Um, I am such a sucker for a good John Wayne or Clint Eastwood film, um, but if I have to pick one... I think if I'm, there's a lot of good. I love Stagecoach. I love uh, I love Shane. I love uh, the yeah, outlaw yeah. Josie Wales. I love um, uh, you know the uh, the Wild Bunch. But if I have to pick one, I'm picking the Searchers. I love the Searchers. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's not only John Wayne's best role. It's Jeffrey Hunter's best role. I'm a fan of Jeffrey Hunter uh, as well. That film is just, I think, incredible. Um, And, you know, uh, gun to my head, there's so many great war pictures as well. And you know what's been in my head this week, because we were talking about uh, Hogan's Heroes earlier in the week, Stalag 17, which is which is very funny, but also very serious. But if I have to pick one, and and I'm the only person, I think, that picks this. Yeah. Um, yeah. the, the, the only one I'm, and again, I could pick Stalag 17, but I think I'm picking, uh, Kelly's heroes to me, not only is the soundtrack great, not only is it beautifully shot, but the cast is worth the price of admission to see Clint Eastwood and, uh, and, uh, Donald Sutherland and the guy that played uncle Leo and Carol O'Connor and, uh, uh, you know, such an incredible, incredible, it's Holly Savalas, even though it's a little bit more lighthearted than a typical war movie. I also like capers and the fact that they're pulling a caper, I kind of like, and, uh, I, I gun to my head. That's what I'm picking. All right, thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frankie. Great question. I that's a very challenging question, though. Honestly, eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Alfred is in Newark. Hello, Alfred. Yes, uh, Frank. How are you? Well, Alfredo, Frank. excuse me. Yes. What's your question, yes. Alfredo? With all respect, why you believe to in too many conspiracy theories? When, well, like uh, which one? I don't know. You mentioned a lot in your program, like. Uh, well, you got to understand, Alfredo, right? This is um, this is an entertainment program, and we're on in the middle of the night, right? And when when you're on in the middle of the night, I feel like a lot of people like it to, to have a, an opportunity to let their mind wander, to give them an opportunity. You know, um, they use the phrase "theater of the mind" uh, to think about things that are sometimes beyond their wildest imagination. So I love exploring those because I think it's perfect for the overnight hours. Doesn't mean I believe them all, but I do like exploring them. I can tell you, you know, one uh, conspiracy theory that we've profiled that I certainly don't believe is the flat earth. I don't think the flat earth, there's anything to the flat earth. And, you know, we also have conspiracy debunkers on. We had, uh, I think it was Mick West 
on debunking the idea of uh, of, of uh, chemtrails, right? So we, first of all, we have both sides of the issue, but I think it's worth exploring because people are into it, and a lot of people believe it. So why not? Why not explore them? And when we do have people on that do buy into some of these conspiracy theories, I do try to ask them challenging questions. Eight hundred eight four. And by the way, you know why so many of these conspiracy theories exist? Because governments and authority figures are so often dishonest with the public. The the um, the governments have created so much cynicism among their populations because they keep lying to them. So, and yet, you're asking me why I believe in conspiracy theories? How about you ask the government, why do you keep lying? 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Robert is in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Hi, Frank. Uh, since the government is operating much more lawlessly than in past history, can we be maybe successful in bringing a civil rights suit for denying everyone else equal protection of the law? Well, on what on what basis exactly? Well, like the border. So you want to bring your other issues, right? Well, I mean, you'd have to pick, you know, a specific issue. But yeah, I mean, you could try, um, but um, you'd have to show that you have standing. And you know, a lot of attorneys general have sued over the uh, over the border issue. But as far as civil rights protection uh, on equal equal protection grounds, I think the tricky part is showing that you have standing. And showing how your equal rights are um, are violated, right? But um, I think you need to have a more specific beef than just a nebulous, I don't know, uh, complaint that the government is mean to you. 800-848-9222. Igor is in New Jersey. Hi, Igor. Greetings, Frank. Uh, fairly recently, you, you talked a little bit about the uh, new deal that Joe Rogan had signed. And I had a couple questions about uh, what your opinions were on him. So what do you think Joe Rogan does well, and uh, why do you think he's so successful? And do you think he would be as successful as he is now if he started his uh, career on AM terrestrial radio? Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't listen to Joe Rogan that much, so I can't, I, I can't pretend to be an expert in all the things that make him appealing. But I think he, the, uh, the, the things that I see him doing well, one, he uh, picks out, he picks great guests or they're guests that you've heard of, or even if they're not guests that you've heard of, they're guests that are interesting. And then I love the way that he conducts in- interviews. He doesn't conduct interviews at so- like um, an overeducated elitist. He asks people questions the way, you know, regular people would ask them. And, you know, he he doesn't speak above the head of his audience. And I think he was really able to tap into, I think he was able to build his audience by tapping into the whole MMA craze. And because he, you know, there were so many fight fans that he appealed to by having all these MMA fighters. Once you have a large audience, it's even, it's easier to build a larger audience. Um, the thing I think, one of the things that I think is really key to his appeal is you don't know if he's right-wing, you don't know if he's left-wing, he's totally heterodox. His views are all over the place, and he doesn't act like they're set in stone. You know, basically, he says, I'm just spitballing here, trying to figure things out, and I think people really relate to that, because I think that's how a lot of 
people themselves are. They don't view themselves as all right-wing or all left-wing. They like to hear from everybody, and that's what Rogan likes to do. And the fact that he's willing to be so open about his thinking process, I think that appeals uh, to people, especially young people, who obviously that's the market that so many folks are eager to appeal to. Would he have been as successful in uh, if he had started on AM radio? I don't know. It's such a good question. I, um, I think he probably would. I mean, you know, maybe not, because... He does these two, three-hour interviews at times, and it's very difficult to do that on AM radio, but it is so elemental to his success. You know, I think that's the other thing, is he doesn't insult the attention span of the audience by keeping someone for five minutes. There's nothing worse when I'm listening to a radio show or a podcast, and it's somebody that I'm really interested in, and they're, you're just starting to get into the conversation, and then it's over. Rogan really dives deep into these conversations and gives people a lengthy conversation about what they want. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I'll say no. Probably because of the stru- the the format of AM radio and how it's somewhat rigid. Maybe he wouldn't be as successful as he is today if he started that way. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Steve's in California. Hi, Steve. What's your question? Hi, Frank. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question, your screener asked, is this. And I know you gave me an interview once. What's your question, Steve? Generally speaking, why is the world terrified of even talking about the subject of John Lennon's murder? I don't think the world is terrified of that at all, right? I mean, uh, as you pointed out, I had you on this program to talk about that it was actually Stephen King that killed John Lennon. And I've seen a lot of coverage of John Lennon's murder over the years. I don't think the world is uh, terrified in the least about it. All right. We're going to continue with your questions in a moment. Currently, there's one open line, but uh, as people drop off, hopefully there will be more lines that open up as well. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Special Ask Frank Anything edition will continue straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. Don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. If I was a sculptor, but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in the Traveling show. Elton John. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. This is a birthday bumper music selection from Danielle Johnson, who is celebrating her birthday today. I think she's now at an age where she doesn't care to give the number, but uh, God bless her. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's a fun one. Meantime, we are answering your questions on any subject. 800-848-9222. If we don't get to your questions today. 
you can always email me and I will make an effort to answer your question on air on uh, Tuesday. So you can email me at frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Let me hear what you what's on your mind. 800-848-9222. Frank is in Yonkers. Hi, Frank. Is Frank asleep? Frank! All right, I think Frank's asleep. Uh, 800-848-9222. Well, we don't want uh, the whole name Frank to go down, go down the tube, so let's try Frank in Highlands. Hello, Frank. Yeah, equal, equality. Uh, equal I am. T-shirts, do you know that, uh, uh, would you like one, um, that um, they're in different languages and they're going to come out everywhere as uh, Voice of Humanity is preparing to supersede all powers that be. I did not know that, Frank. Uh, as far as additional T-shirts go, though, I, my drawers are literally overflowing with uh, with T-shirts. So, no, thank you. I appreciate that. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Thomas is in Baltimore listening on WCBM. What's your question, Thomas? Yes, uh, I have my pick. What is yours? Who do you think is the best all-around black actor in motion pictures? Living or of all time? All time. I I think it's very difficult to, um, you know, to be better than Sidney Poitier. I think, you know, I think he's incredible. I I also really like... um, Morgan Freeman and and James Earl Jones. Uh, so yeah. I I don't know that I could pick. Uh, it's one of those three. Uh, I'm Denzel uh, Washington, great actor. You know, again, uh, I I don't know that I would take him over Morgan Freeman, Sidney Poitier, or uh, or James Earl Jones. But you know, I love Denzel Washington. I thought he was great, and he's great in everything. He's great in Training Day. You want to talk about a, a, a film that has a wonderful beginning, and we did a whole segment on this, and I, I won't revisit it. But there are there are so many films that have a great beginning, and then the rest of the film is is okay, but it comes down a little bit from the beginning. If you look at a movie like Flight with Denzel Washington, I've never seen a beginning of a movie like that. I mean, it's that, it's Saving Private Ryan. It's The Dark Knight. It's Snake Eyes. Those are films that have... The rest of the movies are all fine. But as far as the beginning of a film goes, wow. 800-848-9222. What is your question? Geraldine in Woodside. Hi, Geraldine. Hi, Frank. Yeah. What was the first Broadway show you saw, and how did it come to to be? Mm, That's a good question. I, um... I think it might. Well, I mean, one of my parents took me, uh, oh, okay. uh, certainly. But um, I, uh, I think it was probably My Fair Lady. I want to <laughs> say I think it was My Fair Lady. Me too. Oh, really? That's uh, yes. funny. Maybe and we were at the sister, same show. My late sister took me to uh-huh. see it. Oh, that's nice. That's funny that we picked the same, uh, yeah. the same musical. Yeah, hey, it's a great show. I still enjoy. Uh, I still enjoy the soundtrack. Quite a bit. I could have danced all night. 800-848-9222. Charlie is in Dallas. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Frank. How are you? I was hoping you could settle a dispute between between friends. Who wins in the prime? Who wins the match? King Kong Bundy or Bam Bam Bigelow? You know, that is such a difficult question because both of those men, uh, not only from 
New Jersey, the Jersey Shore, both of them, the one from Atlantic City, one from uh, Asbury Park. They did fight uh, back at um, back in the 80s once or twice. But it's such a difficult question because both of those men were the most agile men that you've ever seen for their size ever. Right. I mean, to see a man uh, either of their size and we're talking maybe 400 pounds fly like those guys flew it was just incredible the only big man that i ever saw come ever even close to that was um was uh vader was the man they call vader i think i have to go with um you know again it's tough because sometimes matches are decided by things other than wrestling ability so the era of uh, bobby the brain heenan in king kong bundy's corner he's one of those intangibles that can deliver a match to you even if you shouldn't be winning on the up and up but i i gotta go with bam bam bigelow i i just he struck me as a little bit more a little bit um a little bit more athletic a little bit more agile a little bit faster a little bit able more able to do the high flying moves from the top rope but while still being able to do a lot of those power moves that uh, that King Kong Bundy was able to. But both great wrestlers, both unfortunately gone too soon. I miss them both. Thank you, sir. That's why you're the best. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate that. 800-848-9222. You know, I'm looking at, um, the, they fought in Madison Square Garden November 17th, 1987. And um, in that match, um, Bam Bam Bigelow won. But um, the referee gave a, a pretty fast count, which the commentator, Jesse Ventura, was quite upset about. Uh, and even even Gorilla Monsoon, who I think his son was actually the was actually the referee, although they didn't disclose that to the audience. Um, he, Gorilla Monsoon even agreed that uh, the referee gave a fast count there. So that's that. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to Dave in North Las Vegas. Hello, Dave. Hello, your favorite potato chip and dip. You know, I'm not a potato chip guy, I have to be honest. So uh, the closest thing to a potato chip that I like is I like pita chips, I like you know these um, you know these pita chips. Those are my, probably my favorite chips, and my favorite dip. I like a lot of different types of dips, but I'm probably going with hummus. Hummus is my go-to dip for everything. I could eat a whole container of hummus with anything. Um, I also like, but that that's so that's probably it. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with pita chips and hummus. That's my favorite. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two eight hundred eight four eight nine two. Two two. Larry's in Brooklyn. Hello, Larry. Hello, Frank. Do you think a good case could be made in light of his latest book, A Promised Land, that Barack Obama is more of a mirage than an actual person in the sense that he's playing a role that society has laid out and created for him? And it's 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 more it's more like a movie than real life. Uh, I mean, I think there's certainly an element of media creation uh, to the Barack Obama mythology, but no, he's certainly not a mirage. I, I, look, I think he carefully cultivated a media image that worked to his benefit, as did Donald Trump, right? So they're both people, but they're also both people that knew how to and know how to use the media very well to prop up the image that they want out there. 
800-848-9222. Paulie's in Westwood. Hi, Paulie. Frank, how are you this morning? Listen, do you think the government can can control the weather? I don't. Okay, because I'm just worried about this election. Amazing, a storm came out of nowhere when people couldn't get out the vote. Well, are you talking about the the special election in in Long Island? Yeah. Well, first of all, out of nowhere. First of all, special election, and then all of a sudden, a storm comes out of nowhere. Right, but people had. 10 days to vote, right? So it's not as if they had to wait until Tuesday. Second of all, th- it was not a close race. I mean, Swazi won by a landslide. I mean, there could have been, yeah, it could have been um, beach weather and Swazi still was going to win. I could understand what you were saying if Swazi had yeah. won by a point or two, but the guy won in a landslide. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered what the weather was. Uh, Mozzie Pillip wasn't winning that election no matter what. I mean, she was just a bad candidate, unfortunately. Seems like a nice lady, and I thought she gave a very gracious uh, gracious acceptance speech, but uh, she was not a good candidate. 800-848-9222, two open lines if you want to get through and you haven't been able to get through because it's been busy. Two open lines. Sankar is in Brooklyn. Hello, Sankar. Okay, let me. I have a question for you, but let me follow up with that guy to say about. Well, um, no, just uh, there's uh, a lot of people in the car that want to ask questions. So just uh, ask your question if you can. Or need a question? Yeah. Ask, okay. Yeah. Now that um, Joe Biden said that he don't have a memory problem, you think the court should take him to court? The they should take him to court now because he said he don't have a memory problem well, that he should be charged. Yeah, but you know they don't try people based on what they say about how they're going to come across to the jury. And Robert Hur's Robert Hur's explanation in the report was that a jury would not be able to find criminal intent because the trial would be years from now, and it would be and he would probably come across to the jury like a well-intentioned old man with memory problems, which is how he came across. In the uh, in the interview, so just the fact that Biden disagrees with hers analysis, it means nothing because her is just saying that a jury wouldn't buy criminal intent. So uh, Biden is saying that he doesn't have a memory problem. It doesn't mean anything. He's not saying you shouldn't prosecute me because I have a bad memory and, you know, we caught him with a good memory. No, I mean, that's hers analysis. So, no, I don't think so at all. 800-848-9222. Bob is in Manorville. Hi, Bob. Hey, Frank. Um, I know you're a historian. Um, Going back to the uh, Revolutionary War, if you had to uh, serve in the military and fight in a war, um, what war would it be and what campaign? Thank you very much. Um, Okay. well, for for America or for anybody? Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I guess maybe... I I really I don't know. The Anglo-Zanzibar War is the least bloody official war in history, lasting only 45 minutes. So that Anglo-Zanzibar War, that's the that's the war that I'd want to be in. Right. I mean, who wants to I don't, I don't who wants to get killed? I don't want to get killed. And I admire those that uh, that that do serve and do risk their life for their country. But, you know, I'd like to be around for my son. So I'm picking the Anglo-Zanzibar War. 800-848-9222. Two open lines. If uh, you have a question, Charlie is in Hell's Christian. What's your question, Charlie? Do you think the Biden administration will successfully hamstring Israel's ability to defend itself against Hamas 
Hezbollah and any other terrorist organization. Well, um, I mean, no, but by when you say defend itself, do you mean carrying on the bombing campaign that they're carrying on in Gaza? Because defense and offense are different things. Well, it, it seems to me that the uh, Biden administration has been publicly critical of, Pre- of Prime Minister Netanyahu. And I just don't feel that our, that our administration, our country's administration, is supporting Israel enough. In its, yeah, uh, in- I, honestly, Charlie, I think it's all window dressing because of the guff that Biden is getting from his left. And until Biden actually tries to cut off funding for Israel during this war, which he's done the opposite, he just keeps trying to get them more money. Until he actually tries to cut off funding, I think a lot of this is uh, is theatrics. I think he is being very heavily criticized by folks that on the left that uh, think he's been... Uh, too uh, servile to the Israeli government in what they're doing, and he's trying to show that he has a little bit of a backbone. And um, so, no, I don't think it's going to have any. I don't. There's gonna, there's going to be any material change. Uh, not until they, you know, the the old saying is true: put your money where your mouth is. Right. So you can't, on the one hand, be pushing for a multi-billion-dollar aid package for Israel to keep doing what they're doing, and then say, oh, they're really hamstring. Israel. No, I mean, I think he's paying lip service to people that think that Israel is going too far, but I don't think he buys it. I mean, if there's one thing that's consistent about Biden's career, going back to the his first trip to Israel in the 70s, meeting with Golda Meir, is he's very enamored with Israel, right? He's very impressed with Israel, loves Israeli society, has had personal relationships, I think, with every Israeli prime minister since uh, Golda Meir. So I think, um, you know, he views... Uh, Israel as a very strong American ally, and uh, I don't think... Uh, but who knows? You know, wait, I mean, that's the thing with uh, foreign policy and politics. You don't have to You don't have to take my word for it. Just wait and see. Wait and see. Who knows? 800-848-9222. three open lines if you have a question. Bob is in the Queens. Hello, Bob. Yes, hi. Good morning. Listen, I was wondering, what do you think of uh, having two separate tax systems? In other words, now that they've capped salt, you can file under the old system or you can file under the new system. And whichever one you get the most money from is the one that you can file under. So if you get more money filing under the pre-Trump tax cut era, then you keep right. you do that. Right. So what's your question exactly? What do you think of them having two separate, you know, when you file – of filing, of having your choice of which one you would want to. I mean, I think that's, I think that's fine, uh, Bob. I mean, my preference would be for a much simpler tax code. Um, And by the way, um, we have six minutes left and uh, I think still no clear winner on the best questions. If you want to try and get in uh, a question for, uh, you know, and in the next six minutes and have it be the best, you'll not only get something from the other side of midnight online store, but you'll get an invite to uh, a future social function that I am having. 800-848-9222 800-848-9222 open lines 800-848-9222 my preference at a federal level would be a simplified tax code that is um, much that has the lowest rates the fewest loopholes and the most transparency I would love to see return free filing it's a joke that I have to pay an accountant to file a tax return I mean it's ridiculous 
the government knows how much money I'm making, right? If I choose, they get all of my documents from the government. So what New Zealand does, what Japan does, what I think Australia does, what so many countries around the world do is return free filing. There's no reason that the United States shouldn't have that same system. It works very well in other countries. You know why we don't have it? Because H&R Block and the accountants and the people that make money from the system the way it is, they are enormously powerful. We also uh, need to ultimately do away with all the deductions, gradually, gradually, not the way that it was done with the recent tax um, reform, charitable, mortgage interest, uh, state and local property taxes, everything's got to be done away with. The fewer deductions we have, the better, okay, in the long run. And ultimately, you need a value-added tax because, you know, those migrants, you know, we had it, we ordered pizza today, um, and I guarantee you this person that delivered the pizza was in the country illegally. Guarantee it. Every dollar that he makes from that pizzeria, he's not paying anything on taxes on it. But if he had to pay a value-added tax, a sales tax, when he bought something, that would be his way of contributing to the economy. There are so many people in cash businesses, whether it's valet parking, whether it's bagel store owners, whether it's drug dealers, whether it's illegal aliens that are not contributing to the tax system. If we had a value-added tax, we would get back a lot of this money that we're currently not seeing. So um, I think two systems is fine now, but ultimately we need no deductions, lower rates, return-free filing, and a value-added tax. There's um, a wonderful book on this uh, called called, uh, A Fine Mess by T.R. Reid, and it He goes on a global journey. It's a short book, but you can read it. He goes on a global journey to look at every tax plan on the globe. And after reading that book and seeing what every country has, those are my conclusions. 800-848-9222-800-848-9222. Chris is in New Jersey. Hi, Chris. Frank, how are you? I I'm just I'm so good that uh, you know I I can't even think of something clever to say. I'm doing great. Thank my, you. My question to you is, friend or family, is is there any point in time you wish you could have a do over with, in terms of friend or family to get back like a hurt relationship that you could have something you had said that you could take back or you know or a friend that you lost and get him back or. Like a total duo. Yeah, well, so there's no family member that I'm estranged from. Even distant family members. I I maintain good relationships with everybody. There are a couple of people that I wish I was still friendly with uh, that I'm not. But most of those are people that have chosen to um, not be friends with me. You know, I was very good friends with uh, a talk show host, Mark Simone. And about 16 years ago, he decided, or 17 years ago, that he didn't want to be friends with me anymore. So, I mean, I I don't know what I could have done differently that uh, that would have altered that relationship. Also, uh, I talked about on the radio about how I had voted for Trump and I was defending one of Trump's policies. And a very close friend of mine since college, my friend Emily, basically wrote an email to me and she said, I listened to your last show and I don't think we can be friends anymore. And I was blown away. She was the last person that I ever expected to uh, to say that. So I, um, I would love to have a lot of friendships back. But in terms of things that I would do differently, you know what? Most of the things that I've done wrong, you know, blown up on somebody, said the wrong thing, 
um, you know, been dishonest with somebody, whatever the case may be. Most of the people that I've offended that way, they they forgave me and we're still friends to this day. So um, there are a lot of friends that I wish I could repair a relationship with. But I think most of them are people because I don't shut anybody out. Right. I If somebody wants to be friends with me, I'm I'm a forgive and forget type of guy. But there's a lot of folks that don't have that with me. 800-848-9222. Eddie is in New Jersey. What's your question, Eddie? Hi, Frank. If you had to pick the next U.S. president starting his term in January 2025 from the three guys sitting next to you in the office right now, who do you think you'd pick as the next president? Well, I don't think either Elias or uh, Corrales is eligible. I don't think Corrales was born in the United States, and I don't think Elias is 35. Am I right about that, Elias? Uh, so I'm going with Tony. Tony wins uh, by default. And you know what? Tony strikes me as a pretty common sense guy and would be a pretty empathetic uh, leader. So uh, I think uh, he would be a fine president. 800-848-9222. Jerry, in, you know what? We're not going to be able to get to any other questions this hour. We're just about out of time. Those of you that are on hold, I'll try and get to you next hour. But uh, do you guys have a consensus on who the best question is? I think we're going with Frankie from New Jersey with Best Western and uh, Woman. Uh, was he from New Jersey or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Fault. Frankie in Brooklyn. Call back. Give us your, your contact information. And I'll see you at my, uh, my house for my ping pong tournament uh, in April. Look forward to having you there. For the rest of you, keep asking questions. <laughs>